Hi there, this is Sherry Lee Myers. Welcome to How to Connect with Angels. We believe that no matter what, every person has the unconditional love and help of angels, our messengers from God. But we have to be willing to believe and we have to be willing to ask. That's what our film, The Glitch, that we are shooting here in New Orleans is all about with the help of some amazing music and talent. If you're curious, visit us at theglitchmovie.com and take a look. But now, right now, let's talk to someone who's devoted to helping us make a divine connection. Marsha Martin is a teacher, counselor, public speaker, and writer. She is also the creator of the Spiritual Heart Healing Technique that clears and heals the heart center the largest energetic field in the body where every memory and all emotional triggers are stored. As the heart center is revitalized, we are freed to access the wisdom of the heart and to begin living our lives on purpose. The spiritual heart healing technique benefits everyone, no matter the depth of the emotional blockage. Marsha Martin, good morning, good morning. How are you? Wonderful. Excited to be here with you. Oh, Marsha, you are the heart healer, aren't you? I am. And you have evolved this amazing proprietary technique to help people to open up their heart centers. And you have evolved this over 25 years, right? Yes, it took me a long personal journey to go from victim to responsibility and then to clear the blocks and limiting beliefs that I held before I was gifted with the technique. So it's been a long journey. What would you like us to know about you? Where did you grow up? Did you believe in angels? What was your gift? What happened? Well, it's really interesting because when I was growing up, angels and anything of the spiritual nature was always contained within the religious context. So about the age of 13, I started looking at all of the different religions. I really wasn't comfortable with what I understood about religion, and I loved everything about the paranormal. I just wanted Mm. to be psychic. That's all I wanted. They had, uh, Kreskin had a kit out and it was develop your ESP and Yuri Geller was bending spoons. He was indeed. (laughs) I was there. Yeah. For that stuff. I get it. Totally consumed by that. Then I graduated to Linda Goodman's love signs Uh and kind of got stuck there for a while, but it wasn't until I was in graduate school that I ran across a course called Silva Mind Control. Mm -hmm. And that allowed me to look at, and still they were not calling it the spiritual, it was still the psychic component. But it allowed me to look at things from a different direction and embrace it a little bit. But I had trained as an elementary school teacher. I was back getting a master's degree at Boston College. There was this one crazy professor that taught an abnormal psychology class that was all about the spiritual world. But again, we didn't call it that then. Mm -hmm. It was the abnormal. (laughs) (laughs) 
Not the paranormal, the abnormal. At that time, there was nothing about that you were responsible, but it was, you know, you could sort of control things. And, you know, you could make things happen. Mm-hmm. But in a way, that made me feel like I was manipulating things, and that bothered me. The Silva mind control was about, and you were suspicious because, or not suspicious, but it's about controlling events or controlling your thoughts and therefore controlling events. Yes. And, you know, that it was not when I look back on it, I realize, no, that's not really where they were going. But for some reason, that's where I was getting stuck. I was getting stuck on the control part of it. Mm-hmm. I was thrilled that I was really good at it. And that was fun. But it felt like I was manipulating somehow I was going against God. Uh. You know, that instead of being in this place where I'm working in harmony with God, I was trying to manipulate things for my benefit. And that didn't sit very well with me. Just the name of the thing, control, mind control. It it was uh, somehow uh, I'm taking over other people's minds or my own mind. Mm -hmm. But it was such a necessary part of my development because, of course, At first, I looked at, well, maybe I could be a teacher for these people because I'm really good at it, and I am a teacher by trade. Mm -hmm. And then, well, life got in the way. I realized, hey, you know, I really need to get serious. I got to earn money. And from there, my life just fell apart on purpose. I mean, not I was not choosing it to fall apart. Yeah. But the... Mother God intervened and allowed it to fall apart so that I would eventually be brought to my knees and come to the place where I am now. So, you know, I just kept digging deeper and deeper and deeper holes for myself and never looking at the fact that none of us are victims. All of us are in control of our own lives. Never occurred to me that these thoughts that I was thinking, this tape that I had running, these limiting beliefs that I had stored in my heart, this previous trauma that I had never addressed, that any of that would any way influence what happened to me in my life at the present moment. Yes. So I I just allowed things to continue and say, oh, this is terrible. Poor me. I'm such a good person. Look at these terrible things that are happening. Poor me, poor me, poor me. And self-pity is such a thief. It will Mm -hmm. steal everything from you. And wow, what a phrase without us. (laughs) Well, you know, that's one of the blog posts is self-pity, the secret thief explaining to us why we've got to get out of this role of everything is happening to me and I can't control it and into if I take the time to understand this valuable tool that I have, which is my subconscious mind and my conscious mind working in heart-mind agreement, then I can create for myself 
a life that even though it may still have challenges because we are here to grow and we don't want to say no to the challenge because that's where the huge growth comes from. But even though we may be having a challenge, we can get through it and remain in that beautiful state of love, joy, and peace. You can find humor. You can see the opportunities instead of feeling like the world is against me and it hates me and why are these terrible things happening to me? You made a huge shift into healing. How did you do that? What happened? I would love to tell you that it was one of these wonderful aha moments. Sure. But it was. <laughs> no. It was. It no. Was, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, it was years and years and years of study. Mm-hmm. Every book from the library, every course I could get my hands on, every way in which I could try to understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. Luckily, at some point, I was introduced to EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, and yeah. I used that for a while, and I still use it in my practice as a way to get you get rid of the emotional charge get you to a neutral place so that you can access the heart in a calm and loving manner not flying off the handle crazy ah. but what i found with eft is that it just wasn't going deep enough and so i kept searching and i kept searching and i kept searching because nothing was changing and it was getting worse <laughs> So then I picked up a book by Abraham Hicks, and uh-huh. I think the first the first line was, you're responsible for what happens to you. Hmm. Well, that was so frightening that I put that book down so quickly that you would have thought it was on fire. And it took me several more years before I was ready, before I had created enough destruction in my life And was finally ready to take a look at the fact that I might be responsible for what was happening in my life. And from there, it was a slow uphill climb (laughs) into understanding. Yes. Once I had the information, it led me on this search to, okay, well, now that I know that I'm responsible and now that I know that there's something that I can do about it. I've got to figure out a way that I can do something about it. EFT isn't going far enough. I'm still finding that I'm facing the same problems. I'm dealing with the same issues. I may not be reacting emotionally. I may be taking responsibility, but something is still going on because my life hasn't shifted and I'm not seeing any great signs that it's going to be shifting in the near future. I'm seeing still I'm on the same trajectory. Yeah. And I had been doing these writings. I think most people call them automatic writings in that same grad school period. And we all thought it was sort of like a parlor trick. It was kind of a game. You know, I would say, okay, let's find out what's going on. And I would sit down and start writing things for people that were what I didn't realize at the time were angel communication. And 
for some reason, I picked that up again. I would love to tell you I remember why, but I don't. Just uh, suddenly it was like, yeah. you know, I, I remember I used to do this. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to jump right now to just mention that you have a beautiful website. Please tell people what it is, what, your website. Marsha? Marsha Martin, thehearthealer.com. Marsha Martin, thehearthealer.com. I am going to ask everyone to make sure that they get to this website and especially read this amazing blog called Why Would the Angels Want to Help Me? Marsha, you are a beautiful, beautiful writer, a beautiful writer. And this particular blog, um, gripped me in such a way because as you explained to me earlier, you did channel that and you channeled the same theme that you're, the angels were telling you from the beginning, which is the more that you open the more to the angels, the more not only can they help you, but they can help everyone around you. Right. And Yes. And what I love about it is the perfection of God, which is we have a symbiotic relationship with them. So we are not asking the angels to do something only for our, for us. They also are growing. The goal of every energetic being is to grow closer to God, to grow in into that completion that is God. So the angels grow by helping us. I and had, I had never heard that explained that way before. I just love it because I, love I it. have a terrible problem thinking that I'm taking and not giving. Yeah. And as soon as I understood that as the angels help me, they are growing in their journey toward God because they're understanding more about love, I became much more open to receiving their help. And now I call upon them constantly. <laughs> of course you do, because as you explain in your amazing blog, again, called Why Would the Angels Want to Help Me? You say that, uh, the, that angels are there to help us all the time in every way. And you say this, you're, you, when you help us to explain how the angels can possibly be there, to help us and everyone else in the world. We're not taking away from anybody else's need. And you say something which I'd like you to, to explain, please, which is the nature of energy is omnipresent. And that was one, again, another one of those revelations that took me out of the prison of my own belief, which was, I'm not worthy. I don't have a, I'm not going to be dead tomorrow. I don't have a child that's suffering, so I shouldn't ask because that would mean that that child may not get the help they receive or that mother may not be alive tomorrow to see her children grow up. And it was so reassuring when they explained to me, but we're everywhere. We're everywhere all of the time. We are energy, so if everyone on the earth called upon us at the same time, it would not prevent us from being able to be fully present for each person that needs us. Because the energy is infinite. 
it the energy is infinite and the more we call upon it the clearer the channel and the more able they are to provide their assistance for us okay so another thing that you talk about in terms of your development in terms of your work is really helping us to identify in our thoughts what and in our life and our actions what brings us closer to god's love and what pushes us away and this is at the core isn't it of your heart healing work it is and for that all of my clients get very specialized attention and i will try to share with you a little bit of the process in the hopes that you can then translate it into your own life but it is <laughs> it's kind of difficult because of what they do for me to help my clients and it's one of the reasons that i have hesitated about giving classes although they've assured me that no we can generalize this in a class setting and so now i'm i am going to be offering classes in addition to the one on one but before i work with any particular person any individual i call them to my sacred circle and ask them what's going on so at this point i am then talking to the subconscious mind which is ruled by the heart so it whenever we go offline which is we all know is 90% of our day yeah. whenever we go offline we are allowing the subconscious to lead our thoughts in the direction that the subconscious wants them to go and that is whatever you have stored in the heart whatever programming is there good or bad is where you're going to go when you're offline Offline means not in connection, yeah. Right. Not paying attention. Okay. Not being so, in awareness of your connection with spirit. Is that right? Is that what you mean? Exactly. Okay. Okay. All right. So I call the person to me and say, okay, what's going on that we need to work on in this particular instance? And they'll tell me about a situation. And then what I do is call your closest vibrational match and by that I mean it's anyone in the energetic realm who is most able to provide the answer the solution for this particular problem. So many of the people that I work with have been abused. And so generally it's mother god who will come and be the over arching energy for that particular session and she may choose to explain to them why even though they may feel as though they were the cause of this situation it is not their responsibility they were not able since they were children at that time why they would not have been able to refuse or do anything about the situation and then what's very fascinating for me with abuse she goes even further to explain to them even though you could not do anything about the abuse as it was happening you must understand that you had to give agreement in order for it to happen but agreement doesn't necessarily have to happen in your present life right. it can be a 
past life, or it can be as you're planning this life in while you're in your energetic state, you sit down with your whole group that you're bringing in, your soul group, and you say, okay, one particular example was the gentleman who was the abuser of this individual was being going to be given the opportunity to overcome his tendency to do this. Yeah. That was his life goal. She agreed to be the bait. And so she had given agreement. Now their understanding before they came into the life was that he was going to choose in this lifetime to take the high road and not to engage in that behavior. Unfortunately, when he got here, he discovered that it was more difficult than he realized, and he did engage in that behavior. And it made her feel, because she was so young, that she was bad, that she was no longer pure, and she was in this really odd limbo, trying to kill herself, gave herself many, many illnesses, and she kept recovering from all of them. Couldn't understand why she kept recovering when all she wanted to do was go home. But then we uncovered that she had this belief that because this abuse had occurred in the original plan in the energetic state was that it was just she was going to be the bait and it wasn't going to happen, she felt that she had failed. And so... Heaven would not want her back. So she was afraid to go back, and she didn't want to stay. Uh, Yeah. And so it was really important that Mother uncover this for her so that we could look at that and then go to the the chamber in her heart where she had stored this limiting belief saying, I'm now so damaged that heaven won't allow me to, to be here. And I'm so awful for participating in this that I don't want to be part of this world. Yeah. So for me, that was just unbelievable. So we can't ever just say, oh, it's karma. We can't guess. We have to go to the etheric realm and just say, why? Help me to understand so that I can let go of these ego beliefs that tell me I'm bad, I'm not worthy, I deserve to be punished, and really understand that that's not God. God is all loving. And none of those beliefs are loving. I don't deserve love. And the angels are working through you to help deliver exactly the message and the understanding and the energy that will light enlighten the situation i'm assuming because you channel yes uh yeah yes you definitely are channeling and you are Oh my goodness, what a beautifully valuable, incredibly valuable work to do. Tell me, tell me a little bit about what happens when after someone has gone through the healing. We can go to the website, Marsha Martin, the heart healer. It, but can you give me any, 
just one example of what happens after you are on the other side of this? It's freedom. It Uh, is the freedom to live in love, joy, and peace, to be non-reactive, and to be able to choose how you want to respond to a situation. While you have all of these limiting beliefs or these traumas stored in your heart, you cannot help when somebody hits that button that says, I was abused as a child and you're going to abuse me again. You can't help but react either defensively or with anger or victim, but in some unloving manner toward yourself or possibly toward them. Yes. It's just too strong a program to override. Yeah. So what we do is we get in there and we remove that energetic vibration and then fill that area with the Holy Spirit and we rename it with a name that, of course, they would give me that says who you are now. And then that becomes your new vibrational operating program. Vibrational operating program. That is very cool. I would love for you to talk about this amazing offering that you have for everyone, which is called 28 Days of Love. Please, let's talk about that. 28 Days of Love. Okay. This is helping me more than I ever thought I possible because since I am not technologically gifted, I have to listen to every recording to make sure that somewhere along the way I didn't shut off the recording by mistake. But what happens is instead of being the teacher, I get to be the student. I get to hear what they are saying and I don't have to be plugged into the other person. I can be truly plugged into me. And it has really given me a new sense of self-love. And I thought I was doing a pretty good job in that area. So, so uh, tell me, how I did it, how, but how did you, how did it come about? What is it? What is it? It's audio, right? It's meditations. It's, what is it? It is 28 days of audio recordings where I just share with you different ways to be self-loving. It it goes directly to your inbox so you can listen to it at any time. I always include an affirmation. Mm. And generally, there's something that I want you to do every day to reinforce whatever it is. But because I'm a teacher, I can't help but explain to you why you are doing the thing that you're doing. And to me, that's the most valuable part. It is. I am not, if somebody just tells me, well, you have to do this. Okay, but I don't really want to do it unless I know why. Got it. So, yes. <laughs> I always explain what the energetic reason behind what they're doing is. And for me, that's been the greatest value because even though I know this stuff, I don't always do it. (laughs) So having to to hear it again reminds me, oh, yeah, I'm slacking up in that area. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, even if you believe that you are a truly self-loving person, this may help you. It is free. All it's going to cost you is your time, the time that you would take to listen to this audio. How long are they, they, Marsha? 
They vary. Some can be 10 minutes. If I'm leading you in a guided meditation, that may be up to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. But it varies. It's just the length of time it takes me to explain why we're doing what we're doing and then to share the t the method, the technique that we're going to be using for that day. Oh, wow. Then you're going to offer classes. My first class is going to be on March 25th. Okay. That's Saturday okay. at 1230 Pacific time. Okay. I will be sending out it will be on my website, and I'll send out a bulk email to everyone on my email list. So if you would like to receive updates and a little bit more information about the class, please uh, sign up. And, you know, sign up through the 28-day tab, the Love 28, because then you'll get the free audio course. Hey. And it's free. it's free. You know, there's no reason not to. The classes are fee-based. Are fee they are two-hour workshops, and the first one is how to communicate with your angels, and I'm going to present three different ways because we're not all the same. Sure. So for me, it's easiest for me to hear them. But for example, my son says, you know, mom, when you tell me to do this visualization stuff, I just zone out. Because <laughs> yeah. I can't, because I can't really see anything. I said, all right, but you feel it, don't you? You just know it. And he said, well, yeah. Uh. I said, okay. So <laughs> great. there is, for those who hear it, we have one technique. For those who see it, there's another technique. For those who feel it or just know it, there's another, there's an additional technique. But then once you're able to communicate with them, I have also included two other ways that you can Use the angels to guide you. So let's suppose that you have a really important decision that you need to make and you want to make sure that you're not basing it on the ego restrictions. Well, then we would use this first technique that I'm going to present to you, which will give you a look at what your immediate response is, it, is to it energetically. Then we look ahead six months, a year, and five years. And we take the pro and the con. So this is what's going to happen if you do go forward with this thing you're thinking about, as opposed to this is what's going to happen if you don't. And yet, that's great. But then they showed me something else, which is, okay, well, I see that energetically, I have a really positive response to this situation. But I still have that weird feeling that I just can't shake. Yeah. So now they gave me another technique. And of course, we do all of this in the heart because the heart is where we're hanging on to this stuff. And it's a way for us to know, are the angels really giving you the green light? Or are they saying, no, this is not really a good thing for you. But generally, you know, if you've done the first the, the other technique first, you know whether it's going to be a green light situation. <laughs> but what happens if you still have that weird feeling in your gut? Well, then you need to ask them, is this angelic intervention saying, no, this is not the right time to go forward with this? 
Or am I storing a limiting belief and is my limiting belief preventing me from taking advantage of something that I should be doing? And so they'll guide us, they'll guide us in understanding when it's them and when it's our own programming that's holding us back. Right. I'm absorbing this process as you're talking about it. And I'm, it's, it's so gentle and powerful incredibly timely. I want to talk about a few other things that you offer from your website. Um, your own personal channeling, of course, is something that you do. It's one-to-one. It's Skype. How do you, how do you go about it? it it's all by telephone. Okay. And then I record, if you have come to me for a session. The session is not recorded. However, I do have that writing. It's about six handwritten pages. I do have that writing. So I record it and send it to you by email because I have found going back over my notebooks that I've kept over the years that even though when I receive it, I'll think, oh, this is really timely. Years later, I can go back and say, oh, now I really get it. Now I really, yep. Now, mm-hmm. now I really understand what they were trying to present. So I want to make sure that you have that to continue to go back to. Right. You, you are on a mission, <laughs> aren't you? I am. I, you know, it just took me so long to get a hold of this. That it, I want to do everything I can to speed up everyone else's process. And before anyone says, Oh, that poor woman, thank God. <laughs> that poor woman. What's remarkable and wonderful is that you, you have a relatable life. You, you know, what you're the pain of having, you know, buried yourself under feeling like a failure. I, it's, who can't? I mean, so many of us can relate to that. Our character in The Glitch is someone who feels that she's completely screwed up her life and she can't find the way out of her own feelings of shame and her own lack of self-worth. Even when the divine comes into her home, she can't own it for herself. It belongs to other people and their needs are greater and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't deserve it. But you are our lighthouse for how to make that, you know, uh, make that life turn that seemingly, seemingly life of failure into something so beautiful and bright. And I need to really add here every single thing that you go through in your life will be so important when you finally access your life purpose. I could not be doing what I am doing without failing so miserably and feeling so worthless. It was so necessary. Now, my prayer is, thank you, thank you, thank you. I just love you, Mother, Father, God. Thank you for making it take so long. Thank you for allowing me to fall in all of these holes and bury myself. 
because it has now given me so much information. And I always tell my clients, uh, don't worry about me judging you. That's the last thing I could do. I've done so much worse than you could ever conceive of that <laughs> you're perfectly safe with me. There's no chance that I could ever hop into judgment. And I don't know if I could say that if I hadn't already screwed up so badly. What I love about what you say and what you bring and are bringing to your life is this expansive opportunity for so many people to step into self-love, connection, a purposeful life, and in warp speed. Yet at the same time, I'm delighted that I chose to come in when I did, that I didn't come in with this new energy because I've gained so much yeah. through those struggles. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yes, there was a time where I was like, what the hell? Why did I choose to be born when I was born? I could have just waited 20 years and had it a heck of a lot easier. But yeah. then I wouldn't be me and I wouldn't have the husband or the children that I have. And we have been on this incredible transformational journey uh, for the, almost two years now. I call it our Job moment. And if I did not have this husband and these children to provide support and humor, I don't know that I would have made it even with, even as far as I have come because everything was asked of me. This was that moment where it was put your money where your mouth is and either you're going to do this and you're going to step up to the plate or we can take it all away. And so I said, okay, had no idea how enormous the challenge was going to be, how much would be asked of me, but I got to lose the fear. Ah. And it is the most miraculous gift ever. I mean, every horrible thing that I could never imagine experiencing happened, and yet a couple of months ago, I was sitting there talking with mother and I realized I'm not afraid. I am no longer afraid. And I started to weep oh. because that had been the thing that was holding me back. Marsha, I feel so blessed that we were able to talk. I want to give you one and give ourselves one last moment where it, Anything that you have that's coming through, anything that you feel in your heart that you want to say. Again, everyone, I'm talking with Marsha Mart Martin. Marsha Martin, the heart healer, who is on Facebook. Her website is Marsha Martin, the heart healer. Um, please go and you will find her uh, uh, on our website page. You'll also find the link to her page. Marsha, what's... Anything coming through, anything you want to say? There is something that I think is so important because so many people come to me and they say, I want to know what my life purpose is. And I just want to simplify it for everyone. It will be 
the thing you do with ease and with so much skill that you believe that it has no value and that everyone else should be able to to do it. So that's why, because you do it so easily, that's why you're unable to assign a value to it. So give an example. These writings are simple for me. And I discredited the discredited them for a very long time because they're so easy. It just flows through. I sit down, pick up the pen, and start writing. And I write until they finish or I say, okay, I'm tired now. Can we take a break? But I cannot fix my own car. So when I'm going to my car mechanic, I am asking the angels to choose somebody who's doing this as their life purpose because they'll be able to take my ridiculous explanation and turn it into a motor part that actually can be repaired. Mm. So when you're looking for your life purpose, look for the thing that you love to do, that you do easily, and you believe because you do it so easily that it really has no value because, of course, everyone else can do this. We have all come in with all of the gifts that we need in order to fulfill our life purpose. So if I were to come as a concert pianist and that is my role in this life, that's my purpose, then I may appear to be a child prodigy because I've brought that gift with me. Mm-hmm. We always have to remember that God is completely fair. So if your life purpose is to play the piano, you'll have everything you need in order to do that better than anyone else. And that's not being proud or bragging. That's just you came with the tools that you need in order to do this better than anyone else mm-hmm. Your own, with your own unique signature and your own unique ability. It doesn't mean that other people can't come in with that same ability, but no two people are ever going to do anything the same way because we have all brought in our specific uniqueness. So your life purpose will always revolve around anything that you do well. Now, here's the catch to life purpose. Once you realize what it is, they're going to let you float along a little bit because you'll need to practice. You'll need to get very facile at what you're doing. You'll need to become proficient, and then they'll tell you what they expect you to do with it. And you're going to want to run for the hills because it's going to be much more than you think you're capable of. If you liked this recording and benefited from it, please, for heaven's sake, share it with your friends. If you loved it and want to hear more, go to theglitchmovie.com forward slash how to connect with angels where you can listen and subscribe thank you so much